Let's pray. We're going to dive into the Word. We're starting a new series today. It's called, I Have Decided. And it's going to be the grace of God if I even get through my notes today, to be very honest with you, because we want to uh, share with you the intro and two disciplines that we want to cover. I Have Decided is all about disciplines. Will you say that word with me, disciplines? You may say, J.O., I don't want to come over the next nine the, the next nine weeks or however many weeks it is. And I just want to encourage you, the power of disciplines. We're going to dive into that today. We're going to talk about disciplines, and we're going to talk about two of those disciplines even today as we go into this new series. Uh, need your help, Holy Spirit. Pray with me right now. Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. Your word comes, and it just wrecks our life in a good way. Your word brings transformation power, God. I pray, Father, that you would renew our minds in the area of this subject of disciplines. Father, that uh, uh, it's a beautiful thing. We're disciples, and disciples are people of discipline. And I just pray that even as we go into 2018, that you would do a mighty, mighty thing amongst us. Father, even as we're approaching the sound and seek week, Lord, we just dedicate this time to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, this is absolutely an amazing time, a God time, to start this new series on I Have Decided, especially with the subject matters that I'm going to be talking about today in the area of prayer and fasting. My goal today is to cover the importance of disciplines. What is disciplines all about? And to cover two of those, prayer and fasting. If you've never prayed or fasted before, I hope today our goal, our heart, is that we talk about these disciplines and that you walk away and you would be willing to apply this somehow in your life. Amen. That's good preaching all already. Not being hearers of the word, but doers. Doers, not hearers only, but doers. Amen. And so, however that would look, it's not our heart to put legalism on you and rules and those things, but it is our heart to, that you would understand the, the word of God and, and the disciplines that, that uh, we want to discuss during this time. Before I dive into that one, I want you to know that the, the sound, say that with me, the sound is approaching. This is a pinnacle of Heart of the City Church. Uh, it has been for years. We have two amazing prophets that's going to be with us, uh, Charlie Sweet from New York and Tracy Armstrong from Seattle. And uh, it is a powerful, powerful time, and it always is. And I just encourage you, if you already have marked that you're going to Tijuana or Hawaii or Mexico or Germany or any, go ahead and remove those from your calendar. And you need to just put it on your calendar right now, the sound. It's over January. It's in two weekends, January 13th and 14th. The, the week of prior to that is Seek Week. Say that with me, Seek Week. It's not that we don't want to seek God all the time and we want to do that. But I tell you, there is a time where we get very, very intentional. And during the, the Monday through Friday prior to the sound, is specific prayer times, corporate prayer times. We hope to be praying at 7 in the morning on Monday and then 7 in the morning and noon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. If you're a city group, I think you should consider bringing your whole city group to our prayer times. I tell you, it's a, it's a time. And we're going to talk about fasting today too. Uh, the fast actually begins January the 2nd through January 13th. Now, you got to fast that whole time? No. Matter of fact, you don't have to fast any. That's going to be between you and the Holy Spirit. 
But I'm going to talk about fasting today. It might be you fast a meal. It might be you fast a day. It might be you fast till evenings. However the Holy Spirit would lead you. We're going to talk about that today. But this is a, a pivotal time at Heart of the City Church, and I want you to be very aware of the sound and where we're headed because I think God wants to do a mighty thing. If you're a youth, we start 7 in the morning, you can come before school. Young adults, come before college, come before work. Whatever age you are during Seek Week, that first prayer is at 7, hopefully so that people can come, or at noon, uh, for lunchtime. Amen? Y'all with me today? I'm going to be talking a little faster today because I do hope to cover a lot of material in this very, very uh, beginning opening of this series. The thing, three things I want to cover today is honestly the power of disciplines, the very power of disciplines. Number two, the power of prayer. And number three, the power of, uh, of, of fasting. Okay? This all comes out of a book that I've actually had for years, Celebration of Disciplines. Celebration of Disciplines. Matter of fact, I think we purchased 40 of them so that they could be at Bridges. So anybody, maybe a city group, would like to go through Celebration of Disciplines. Uh, you might want to just read the book as we go through this series. Matter of fact, I'm going to give away this book today. Anybody promise that they'll read it? And uh, I, I, I'm going to put. A, I'm just going to do this right here. I just got to be fair. Whoever comes and gets it, it's yours. I guess Sam. Next service, we'll have to do something more creative. I might just throw it. I don't know. Knock somebody out. But that book is for sale, and I want you to understand the title of it. Say this with me, Celebration of Disciplines. 100%. Here we go. Celebration of Disciplines. Thank you. It's not the law of disciplines. It's not the grudge of disciplines. It's not the d depression of disciplines. It's not the monk of disciplines. It's not the super spiritual of disciplines. It is the celebration of disciplines. To preach just on discipline today would take a whole sermon. That's why I know that I'm going to be stretched today, but I do want to cover the power of disciplines today. We are called disciples. How many of you would consider yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. And I'm praying for the rest of you. Because that's what Jesus calls me and you to be. Not just believers. Not just Christians. Even though believers and Christians are very important, Jesus says, go into all the world and make, make disciples. Disciples are made. So today I want to talk to you about disciplines because it, it just exists and links in with being a disciple. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Discipline. Disciples are people who are disciplined. So I'm going to make this statement right now because this is very true to hopefully change your mindset in the area of disciplines. Disciplines equals freedom. Disciplines equals freedom. The more disciplined you are, the more freeing and liberated you're going to be. Disciplines equal, that's why it's called, I believe, celebration of disciplines. Disciplines equal freedom. Let me give you, a, a, you, you know, give you an example. What, what do you mean by that, Jay? What, how, discipline equals freedom. Think about the person who sleeps all day and never looks for a job. 
Think about the person who eats all day. You know, the Bible talks about gluttony. We would slam on an individual in a heartbeat for heroin, but how about gluttony? Come on, J.O. Uh, how about someone who drinks all day? How about someone who does this thing called gossip all day? How about the person who does heroin or meth all day? Um, even the person who is unbalanced in their life and they work all day and they work into the evenings and they lose their wife and their children or their husband and their children because they're not disciplined or self-controlled and they lose their life, I want to let you know today that disciplines equal freedom. Undisciplined, an undisciplined person equals bondage. Bondage. Say that with me, bondage. Good. I want to read something to you right out of this book. I hope that you would, if we run out of these books, we'll, we'll get more. You can go online, what have you. But I want to read a few things out of it as we go into Celebration of Disciplines. Here's the first little area. I'm going to read about six, seven things probably today, four or five things. We must not be led to believe that disciplines are only for spiritual giants and hence beyond our reach or only for contemplatives who devote all time to prayer and meditation far from it. God intends the disciplines of the spiritual life to be ordinary human beings. How many of you are ordinary human beings? Raise your hand. Okay, some of you, I don't know what you are. Praise God. <laughs> People who have jobs, who care for children, who wash dishes and mow lawns. In fact, the disciplines are the best ex exercise in the midst of our relationships with our husbands, our, war our wife, our brothers and sisters, our friends and neighbors. Disciplines. Number two, the author writes, this is all about disciplines. He writes this, the purpose of disciplines is liberation from the stifling slavery to self-interest and fear. The purpose of disciplines is liberation from the stifling slavery to self-interest and fear. Number three, the lost ark of disciplines, the lost art of it. Why, why in this generation, why would I have to teach on what fasting is? In the early church, I don't think it would be taught on because it was something that was very normal that everyone applied in their life. But this day and time, you better believe that it probably needs to be taught on. Let me, let me read to you about the lost art of disciplines. The Bible called people to such disciplines as fasting, prayer, worship, and celebration, but gave almost no instruction of how to do them. The reason for this is easy to see. Those disciplines were so frequently practiced and some part of the general uh, culture that the how-to was common, knowledge. Fasting, for example, was so common that no one had to ask what to eat for a fast or before a fast or how to break a fast or how to avoid dizziness while fasting. Everyone already knew. Celebration of disciplines. Why do we do? Why? What is the, the number uno, you know, reason, yo, of why I would talk about disciplines? And we would spend a series of disciplines. What, is it about 
disciplines? Is, is, is it about the fast? Is it, I want to let you know today the reason why we're talking about this is that, number one, that we would grow in our relationship with God. That it is all about you and I going deeper in an intimate relationship with our Father. That we can grow spiritually. That we can grow in the grace of God. It's not about legalism. It's not about religiosity. It's not about you being perfect with disciplines. It's about you celebrate celebrating disciplines that you may grow, me and you grow in our relationship with the Father. Listen to this. We have only one thing to do, namely to experience a life of relationship and intimacy with God. Everything that we're going to be talking about, all these different disciplines that we're going to be talking about over the next weeks, it all points to a deeper, intimate relationship with the Father. Are you with me today? This is what it's all about. It's not if you do it perfect. It's not about you learning the best and, and all of a sudden you're able to practice it. Hopefully, you might learn some things and continue to practice this throughout your life. But always remember the goal involved is that you would grow in an intimate relationship with the Father. Number five, I call it the weak will. We want to make it quite clear that we cannot free and purify our own heart by exerting our own will. You can't do it. As soon as you resist mentally any undesirable or unwanted cir circumstance, you thereby endow it with more power, power with which it will use against you, and you will have depleted your own resources to that exact extent. Heine Arnold concludes, as long as we think we can save ourselves by our own willpower, we will only make the evil in us stronger than ever. It won't be by our own will. It will be by the grace of God. And the last one that I wanted to read this morning is growing in grace. Say that with me, growing in grace. J.O., if God loves us perfectly, if we're saved only by grace, if there's nothing that you can do to earn the love of the Father, earn the salvation of the Father, and it's all because he found you, and it's all because of his will, and it's all because, why would we even care about disciplines if it's all the Father? Well, that's exactly true that you can't earn the love of the Father. He found you. He saved you. You can't earn his love. You can't earn, but this is what you can do. You can choose to grow in grace. You can grow spiritually. You can grow in such a way to draw close to him. If you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. Doesn't mean that he's going to love you more. He's already proven that. But you can grow in the graces of God. It's not just about what he does, but it's about what you do also. And we can grow in God's grace, and we can grow spiritually and become more like Jesus in our life through disciplines. Are you with me today? Am I boring anyone? Because I'll sit right down. I promise. Good. The last one is this. I'm not going to read that one. The last one is this. Law-bound disciplines lead to death and pride. 
This whole thing is not about law bound. If you start a fast like I have and supernaturally break it before you got to the end of it, you probably didn't catch that. (laughs) It's not about law. It's about having a heart to know the Father. It's about being led by the Holy Spirit. It's not about law that's going to breathe death on your life. Now, it's not about pride or outer appearance and look, you know, look at me, what I'm doing. No, it's going to be by his Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example of what I mean by it's not by, by law. Luke 18, 10 through 13 says this. Just, just listen to this. The difference of what I'm talking about today. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Wow. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all. I possess, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Is it better for you to be self-righteous or unrighteous? I would say, in my view, I would rather be unrighteous, saved by the grace of the living God. So it's not about our self-righteousness or law, you guys. It's about us having a disciplined life that we can learn during this series, that we can grow in grace, that we can grow in our walk with Jesus Christ. Amen? Disciples are all about growing spiritually, going in grace, and then we would ask. So it's not another series that we go walk away and go, that was a cute series. What did he preach on Monday? I don't know, but I thought it was pretty good but that you would resurrect Nike in your life. Just do it. Somehow, somehow, if you pray one minute a day now, that you would pray three minutes. If you've fasted a meal before, that maybe you fast a day. That you would grow and that you would just apply this to your life. Amen? Okay. I'm going to dive into the first discipline. My very first discipline today is prayer. Say that with me, prayer. 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 How about if in 2018, we literally seek the Father first? 2018, we seek the Father first. I want to let you know that Jesus sought first the face of God. Mark 135, now in the morning, having risen long while before daylight. Did you catch that? You, if you're seeking somebody a long while before daylight, can somebody say first? <laughs> he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Everyone say this with me, seek first. David sought first. Psalms 63.1. Oh Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Can somebody say, seek first? The apostles chose to seek first in Acts. 
They were very busy distributing food and challenged with administration. But this is what they chose to do, Acts 6-4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The number one discipline that I want to speak of today before we go into fasting is praying. Why? Because you can pray at any time. Don't tell me you're going to take prayer out of school. There's no way you're going to take prayer out of school. If you've got a believing young man, a believing young woman in school, uh, college, or anywhere, you can pray at any time, at any place. Pray for that professor who's trying to slam you and tell you that there is no God. Come on, you can pray. You can play at, pray at the flag, and you can play, pray, pray in the lunchroom. You can pray anywhere. Come on, somebody. Somebody say pray. You can pray. You can pray. As I was thinking about this, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me that prayer is the master's key. It's the master's key. What do you need unlocked in 2018? Do you need your relationship, some relationship, your marriage unlocked, business? It's the key to revival. It's the key to healing and to health. It's the key to the presence of the living God. It's the key to courage and compassion and confidence and provision. It's the master's key to passion and anointing. You want to be anointed in life? Get together with the Father. Spend time. It's the secret. It's the key. Salvation to our nation. Come on. It's the key. Education. Come on. To anxiety and compulsions and fear. I want to let you know the master's key is prayer. Real prayer is life creating and life changing, says Richard Foster. Life creating and life changing. Prayer secret, fervent, believing prayer lies at the root of all personal godliness, William Carey says. To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. Transform us into what? Into the image of Jesus. If you don't know why you are here, it's not for you to be like the person on Cosmo or on whatever it is. It's to be like Jesus. Our goal in life is to be like Christ. And prayer, of course, the word Prayer is a changing agent of that. If you are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. If you're unwilling to change, because you can't pray and stay the same. It's just, it's just impossible. I'm talking about, somebody say real prayer. I'm talking about real prayer. You can't pray and stay the same. James 4.3 says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what you give, what will give you pleasure. In real, now listen to this. In real, real prayer, that changes. What changes, J.O.? Asking wrongly. Asking wrongly. Because in real prayer those things begin to change. Let me give you an example. Jesus told his disciples, he says, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into the harvest field. Who is the Lord of the harvest? Come on, Jesus. Can, can y'all say Jesus with me? Jesus. Right. He's the Lord of the harvest. So when you pray that, 
and you sincerely pray, Lord, send this brother right here into the harvest field, this sister here, this brother here, this sister. How long are you going to pray that before it impacts your life and you're going, wait a minute, that was a trick prayer. <laughs> Jesus, you just tricked me. Because how can I literally pray that everyone's going to go in the harvest field but me? No, your heart's going to be changed, and you're not going to pray wrongly. You're going to pray rightly, and all of a sudden, guess what you're going to do? You're going to be one that's going to go in the harvest field. Are you with me on that? Our passions, our desires change as we ask rightly, not wrongly. J.O., I'm just, you know, just a little too busy to pray. How many of you are busy? I, anytime I want to get something done, I just want to find busy people. Because busy people get things done. They really do. I mean, I don't look for somebody that just has all the time in the world. It's like, man, just give that person something else. They're going to get it done. Martin Luther seeks first and declares, I have so much business I cannot get on without spending three hours daily in prayer. Wow. Adoniram Judson withdrew from his business, his company, seven times a day. He withdrew, withdrew at 9, 12, 3, 6, 9, and 12. 9, 12, 3, 6, 9, 12. That's six. I don't know. I, I skipped one somewhere down the road. Seven times a day. Wow. Don't be discouraged, saints, by these examples. I don't pray three hours a day. I want to have a life of prayer. I don't break away seven times a day. I desire more and more in my life to pray without ceasing. But let me just tell you this. Jesus meets us right where we are. You may be a new believer and you're like, Jay, I don't even know how to, I don't even have a clue of praying. Or I, I, I pray five minutes a day. He meets us right where we are. An Iron Man, I guarantee you, an Iron Man doesn't say, I want to become an Iron Man and I'm going to go out. I think I'm going to start today by, by running 26 miles. I think that Iron Man would probably begin with maybe running a few miles, maybe biking, maybe doing a couple laps. Are you with me today? God wants to meet us right where we are, but I want to encourage you to set some goals and to go for it because once again, we're teaching this area of discipline to see the church. We want to see you take on your own responsibility to grow in the grace and grow spiritually in Jesus Christ. Why? Because you would heap rather somebody come and lay hands on you and all of a sudden impart to you and get a microwave full meal deal, go through the drive-through of the church, and get everything for a buck ninety-nine. Can somebody say cheap grace? <laughs> feed me, JL. You feed me. Let me get my meal once. No. Take the spoon out of your hand, or put it in your hand. Actually, and we're all called to feed ourselves. I want to feed you to the best of my ability once a week, but how many of you know if you only get a meal once a week, you're gonna, that's not gonna be very healthy. Amen? J.O., honestly, does prayers really make a difference? 
you think that your prayers will make a difference? Well, I think that I hope to convince you that you can pray and your prayers can change the world. Because if not, you know, faith, God honors faith. And he, he's pleased by our faith. And if you pray without faith, then I don't know if it's going to accomplish very much. But I hope to encourage you with the word of God today that you can pray and the world around you can change. You can change. The world can be molded by your prayer. Show me biblically, J.O., and I will do that. First of all, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says this. For we are God's fellows workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. J.O., what's that got to do with prayer? Everything. God works through you. God is waiting for you. You are God's fellow workers. You are his field. You are God's building. God waits. How about if God wants to move like crazy in Coeur d'Alene, but he's just waiting on heart of the city church to start the motor and to put it in gear and to pop the clutch. He's waiting on us. He's already given us the instructions, the word of God. And now he wants us to engage because we are his workmanship. Listen to this. Exodus, I'm going to show you the power of prayer. Exodus 32, 11. Moses pleaded with the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Jesus, God was upset with his people. But look what Moses decided to do in verse 14. He, he, Moses went to the Lord and stood and prayed. And look, look how it changed the heart of the Father. How many know that God is sovereign and he can do whatever he wants to do? If you don't believe that, I got news for you. It's all over the word of God. Our prayer can move and change God's mind and his heart. Real prayer. And it says this, so the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. Prayer can change things. Did you catch that? Look at the next one. How many of you remember Jonah? Oh, y'all got to go with me, church. Everyone smile. Smile on December the 31st. Praise God. Now, let's try this. How many of you remember Jonah? You remember, you know, Jonah sucked up into the laying up all in stomach acid. Anybody ever had heartburn before? What's that called whenever it's just like right here? Acid re I mean, he was laying in acid reflex. Sushi? He was about part of it. And it wasn't fresh. So Jonah, he gets in this situation because God asked him to do something. And he turns away from the Lord and he goes, buys a ticket to get away from God. And before you know it, this fish sucks Jonah in. And how many of you know that sometimes tough things in our life can change our heart, change our, change our, our thoughts, our mind, our heart? Jonah's changed. His whole heart's changed. And now he goes and he preaches to Nineveh, this great city, and brings revival. Look what it says in Jonah 3.10. Then God saw their works, that they might turn from their evil way 
And God relented from disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. What took place? As Jonah was walking through Nineveh, Nineveh began to repent. They began to cry out to God and repent. And look what happened. It changed God's mind and his heart. And he did not destroy the city of Nineveh. Are you following me? Your prayers can change Coeur d'Alene, your business office, your knucklehead boss, if he's a knucklehead. It can change your school. It can change your neighbor, change your family, change whatever God can, well, is going to change you through prayer, but he also uses your prayer to change the world around us. How many have, have you heard of this scripture? 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, let me start right there, if. Will you say that with me, if? If you're willing to pray. Prayer is conditional. You don't have to. But if you're willing, if my people, he says he can do some things through your prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Did you get that? I, want, I only have a couple of more minutes left, and I don't have time to go through the rest of my notes on prayer. I think most American church folks know that we need to pray, right? And so I hope to, I hope to teach and inspire in the area of praying, but the one thing that you have to do is just do it. We're setting aside Seek Week in order for you to come together corporately, but it's not just about corporate. It's you taking this message, the importance of praying, P-U-S-H, pray until something happens. If your TV stops working and all of a sudden it's not getting a signal, there's probably something wrong with your TV, right? Okay? When you don't get prayers answered, there may be something wrong with the way that you're praying. What do you mean? You can pray wrong? I think that you, you, you possibly can. I think that's why there's teaching. I think sometimes you have to be persistent. Ask, seek, knock, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Passion, all those different things. So if your prayers are not being answered right now, I would just encourage you to ask God to continue to lead you and direct you through his word and through his Holy Spirit. Because I'm telling you, I've had prayers where I feel like they didn't get answered or either it was a no, and I have prayers that are absolutely answered. Amen? Amen. We keep praying. Tell your neighbor right now, just do it. In the last couple minutes, I knew I would be very stretched in trying to talk about the importance of discipline. Why sh why sh we should be people of discipline, that it actually has got a great name celebration because it brings freedom to your life. The discipline of prayer, of why it should be something that we do daily and throughout our lives and throughout even our day, just in an attitude of prayer. But the other one is this thing that you don't hear of much in America. It's called fasting. 
Everyone say fasting. And so I want to let you know from the get-go, I'm going to share some different thoughts on fasting, but it's something that you need. First of all, let's, let me get a good pulse if I could do this. How many of you have ever fasted before, ever in your life? Raise your hand. I would say about two-thirds. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm going to rehearse some things, but I'm also going to be challenging because we hope that if you are physically able, no matter how old you are, that you would take this and put it into practice. You know, the golden arches would tell you not to fast. All America would say you need to have three big meals. If you fast, you may starve, or you may have high blood pressure, or you may have low blood sugar. Or you may... A lot of that stuff is nonsense. Now, if you have a physical situation, that's different. Talk to your doctor. But I'm going to here to tell you right now, there are amazing benefits to fasting. But I'm not going to talk about the political benefits of fasting or the power benefits of fasting, not even the physical benefits of fasting. I just want to talk to you about some of the spiritual disciplines of fasting. Amen? If Moses and David and Israel, all of Israelites, Elijah, Esther, Daniel, Anna, Paul, Jesus, if they all fasted, don't you think there's something to be said about fasting? Matthew 6, 15, 5, 5 through 15, it talks about when you pray. So Jesus is thinking that he's not saying if you pray, but he says when you pray. I think Jesus is assuming that we're going to pray, amen? But later in the same scripture where it talks about when you pray, he also says this. And when you fast, okay? So I'm thinking that Jesus is probably assuming that we're going to pray, and at times we're going to fast. Do, do, you, do we all, are we all together on that? Just the, I'm going to finish reading that. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and uh, disheveled so people would admire them for their fasting, like Bob, Bob, I'm fasting, man. I just, I just fasted, dude. I didn't comb my hair today because I'm fasting. <laughs> For me, it would be shave. <laughs> I tell you the truth that this is the only reward you will ever get. But when you fast, look, comb your hair, Bob. Beautiful. And wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private, and your father who sees everything will reward you. It's pretty amazing that sin did not come through into Adam and Eve through adultery. Sin did not come through heroin. It didn't come through overdrinking. Sin did not come through meth. Sin came through into our world through eating. How many of you know that? That's how sin came. The word actually in the Hebrew is the word some, fast, and it means to cover. And it means to cover your mouth. Okay? So with that being said, it seems that in America, 
church gluttony may be more expected or, or may be more looked down upon than heroin addiction, what have you. But I just want to encourage us that sin is sin all the way across the, t- the counter. Amen? Okay. Um, I want to share with you from this gentleman named Glenn Wolf nine different types of fasting. I'm just going to give you a few highlights and then I'm going to be done uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, the disciples fast. You'll find that in Matthew 17, 21. Um, how many of you would say honestly right now that you would even think about praying and fasting? The majority of you. I hope to convince, no matter how old you are, that you would change that, that we would be a church, like our motto, to be a people after God's own heart. And that we would be those who God really wants to use in our, in our day and time. The Ezra fast, you'll find that. You'll find the Samuel fast. You'll find Elijah fasted. Elijah fasted uh, to be mentally free and emotionally free from habits. You'll see the widow's fast in the Bible. The widow fasted. She had very little, but she gave to Elijah. And after she fasted, guess what God did? God continued to provide for her in a supernatural way. Then you have Paul's fast. His eyes were, he was blinded. Paul actually did an absolute fast. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. You'll see Esther's fast. Esther did an absolute fast. What's an absolute fast? I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then John the Baptist fast. John the Baptist fast. How many know that Jesus fasted 40 days? Daniel fasted. His fast looked a little bit different. Moses fasted. Moses actually fasted for about 80 days. An absolute total fast for 80 days. What do you mean by absolute? No water and no food. Absolute. Should you do that? No. What will happen to you? You'll die. (laughs) If you're on the mountain in the presence of God, that's a whole different word. When you're getting your food from heaven above God Almighty, that's different. I wouldn't even suggest you fasting like Esther and Paul three days, absolute fast, no water, no food, unless God speaks to you and you medically clear that. Jesus did a normal fast. What's a normal fast, Jail? 40 days, no food. The Bible says afterwards, he was hungry. It doesn't say he didn't drink water. He was hungry. Believe me, if he didn't fast, if he fasted 40 days of water, he would be very thirsty. But he was hungry and he was tempted. If you are the son of man, turn this, these rocks into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the. Jesus talked about a food that he had that his disciples didn't know about. Are you following me? So that's the food you want to tap into while you're fasting and pressing to the word of God. But there's the absolute fast. There's the normal fast. And then guess what Daniel did? Daniel did a partial fast. He didn't eat delicacies for 21 days. Elijah had uh, 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 Elijah bread. And so I tell you all these different things because you need to ask the Lord if you're willing to fast. First of all, I want to let our church know there's no one making you fast. Our heart is not controlled 
It's not that at all. Our heart, once again, is for us to grow spiritually and to grow in the grace of God. But if you would be willing, I tell you what, you would benefit beautifully. Now, there is a spool brat among us that would absolutely try to get you every time to keep you from fasting. That spoiled brat is your stomach. This spoiled brat gets three, four, five meals a day. That spoiled brat will say, Jail, you are starving. That's, listen to me, I am not starving. It is spoiled. It is spoiled. And so you can't allow a spoiled brat to control you when you make a decision in what you do. Are you with me? And that's a fact. Let me close with this. I can tell you how to supernaturally break a fast before the fast time is up. Okay? Did you follow that? I had chosen to do a fast. And my pastor friend invited me to go see Braveheart. What do you smell when you're in a movie? Popcorn, butter popcorn always smells good. When you're fasting, it smells like heaven. (laughs) So afterwards, I decided to go to the grocery store. When I was a bodybuilder and I would, you know, get ready I would go into a grocery store and just look at food and smell food. Just look at food. Well, this time I went into a grocery store after this movie, and I walked down the cookie aisle. And I'll never forget, there was demons in these cookies (laughs) called Double Stuff Oreo. And I grabbed them Double Stuffed Oreo cookies, and I went... And I was just like, I'm not going to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I went and got a quart of milk. And I paid for that so fast like you wouldn't believe. And I went out to my car and I opened up those double stuffed Oreo cookies. And I was drinking. That's what you don't want to do. (laughs) I ate so many and so fast. The next day, my gums were just jacked up. Can you hurt your gums with Oreo cookies? You better believe you can because I did it. I'm telling you this funny story because it's not about law. It's not about legalism. It's about your heart. Do you want to grow spiritually in 2018? Do you want to grow closer? Do you want to become more like Jesus? I'm, I'm, I'm giving you instruction, but now I'm putting it into your hands. Will you take it? Will you pray about it? Will you Nike it? Will you apply it to your life? We're going to go through several disciplines. This week, this week, would you pray more? Would you, would, you, would you step out and begin, God, show me, teach me? I had a whole lot more to say about prayer, didn't have time. Would you consider fasting? Like maybe it's a meal. I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. You can go online. You can learn so much more about that. The Bible speaks a lot about fasting. But would you consider that? Amen? Will you stand to your feet? Joe, I tried fasting one time and I got a headache and I got tired. 
That probably will happen. It's part, part of the spoiled brat, okay? And so just, just encourage you. The Bible says that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing. My flesh is weak, but his spirit is willing. Tap into the bread, into the food that God provides through his word if you choose to do this. Amen?